Welcome to Thrive Deeper, the podcast based on the Thrive Bible Reading Guide. This is the ongoing conversation about God's Word with Thrive's author, Dr. Matthew Jacoby, and your host, DJ Payne. G'day and Happy New Year. Can you believe it? It's 2020. It's your humble host, DJ Payne. You're listening to Thrive Deeper, episode 83. 83 in 2020. Can you believe it? Now, I need you to grab your Bible, pick up that Bible if you've got it handy, or even open it up there, the app on your phone, and turn to Genesis chapter 32. That's where we're picking up the story today. Matthew and I sit down and we go through the next few chapters of Genesis. We get the stories about Jacob and his change to Israel and then the stories of his children. We get the patterns and the programs that are going to be in our minds as we continue through the rest of the Bible. Really interesting stuff on today's episode. Some mysteries and some tragedies on this week's Thrive Deeper. Twenty twenty, Matt. It is. We're we're in the future, aren't we? <laughs> well, it's funny. Growing up, you know, us us uh, child of the seventies. You know, we were yeah. born in the seventies. Grew up through the eighties. We used to have a television show in Australia called Toward Two Thousand. Uh, yeah. Remember Toward? Yeah, I do, yeah. And it was mind blowing. Oh, thinking two thousand was it well, was the future. Yeah, yeah. Well, then, pretty as we got closer to that date, the show then became Beyond 2000, yeah. you know. And these dates, you know, or the science fiction movies that we grew up, whether it was Blade Runner or anything, were set in these futuristic years mm. like 2020, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> things like that. 2001 Space Odyssey. Exactly. We're here. We're here living living in yeah. 2020. Uh, mm. do, does it feel like we've, we've all of a sudden progressed into some sort of greater human hive mind or something? We'll see. Let's see what happens this year. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. We already talked last week about our uh, bit of New Year's resolutions and things like that. Is let, Let's go on the other side. What are, what are things that you're hoping, um, not so much a personal New Year's resolution, but in the year 2020, are there, are there a couple of goals that you want to see happen uh, for yourself and your ministry, your work and what you do there? Um Looking forward to uh, the DVD, uh, sorry, not DVD, the video series coming out uh, yes. that we've done uh, based on my book, uh, Deeper Places. So, so it's there's a book, a s- it's the Deeper Places, a book that explores the spirituality of the Psalms and the the video series uh, are created for kind of small group discussion context. I mean, they can be used independently, but they're, uh, I think, seven or eight sessions looking at different aspects of the spirituality uh, of the psalm. So I'm um, really happy with how that's come out. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of depth, there are a lot of things to think about. So yep. that comes out uh, in, in the first part of the year. Yep, looking um, forward to that. Yeah, maybe a f- January, February. Could be Something any like second so now. Could, yeah. It could be any second now. Yeah, uh, listen out for that. There's new Sons of Korah work on the way. Yeah, yeah uh, we've been... Recording away. There's there's uh, some interesting stuff around that. Uh, there's uh, you know you know you've got mm-hmm. a you've got a brand new year ahead of you at uh, at the church One Hope Baptist Church yeah, yeah. where you're the teaching pastor. Yeah. Um, big big uh, academic year coming up too. For me. I'm uh, teaching uh, philosophy in first semester, and I love love teaching uh, philosophy and introducing a new uh, uh, course. Uh, 
MST on Christian worldview. Well, it's it's a course that's part of the um, uh, it's part of the Australian College of Theology kind of options. Yes. Um, but uh, yeah, it's going to we're going to be teaching that for the first time for me teaching that course. Wow. So, wow. I've, so I've been studying up on worldview and and some of the philosophy around worldview, and I am just loving. I'm like a pig in mud. Loving it. I was up to late last night reading, uh, you know, reading a lot of the philosophy around worldview and and fascinating. So I'm... I'm I'm looking forward to this year. It's you, going to be you, a lot of great things. The, and that crosses over a little bit into one of the projects that we have around here that we want to get done in 2020, and we will hopefully be launching it soon, is another podcast. We're going to be starting another podcast with the two of us, and this is Thrive Topics, mm. where we grab a topic. One of them might be about Christian worldview. I can see that coming yeah, up. Yeah, definitely that would be a good topic. Yeah. Uh, that we cover and maybe covering questions because when the questions come in, we have so many questions come in about what people are reading and sometimes they spark entire new questions yeah. that don't have anything to do with the actual passage that we're reading. And that's another way that we can do that. So keep an eye out there for Thrive Topics, a brand new podcast, a whole new feed, uh, RSS feed, a whole new way to subscribe uh, to what we'll be talking about that. It won't be a weekly show like this one we don't have that much time up our yeah, sleeves just wondering about that <laughs> but it'll be when we can fit in in it's in it there and it's going to be a little bit different it's going mm. to be a little bit more relaxed not so as academic mm. and in trying to be you know going through a text it's going to be a little bit more opinion yeah. uh, for both of us to sort of share a little bit more mm. about where we're at and the things like that so keep an eye out for that I'm looking forward to to bringing you that one in 2020 but right now we're in the book of Genesis. We're in the mm. book of Genesis. We're up to chapter 32. Mm. And when we left off last week, Jacob had left, uh, you know, his, his 14, 15 years that he had spent laboring for his father-in-law, Laban, a descendant, a relative of, uh, you know, his, his mother, uh, Rebecca, his grandfather, Abraham. And he had left there with two wives two handmaidens and an umpteen kids yeah. and camels, mm. goats, shepherds, slaves, servants, so many people coming with him, very, very wealthy, mm. heading back towards yeah. his homeland. Yeah, that's right. And interestingly, on the way in verse 1, uh, he it's just there's this little line there that says, Jacob went on his way and the angels of God met him. Now remember, we've la- where, where did we last see the angels going on the in that vision yep. of the, uh, going up and down the ladder from heaven? So he sees these are the angels that he sees again, and the first time he saw the vision of the angels was on his on his way there, and now he's on his way back, mm-hmm. and he sees these angels again. And this is going to be important because we're going to have a reappearance of of, of an angel. He calls the place uh, Mahanaim, which means two camps. Because he's thinking there's our camp and then there's a camp of, uh, of, of angels, like there's a host of angels. Yeah. So there's a sense of protection in that. Yes. Like he's going home. Remember, he fled mm. in the first place mm. because his brother Esau was threatening to kill him. Yeah. So now he's going back and there is this angelic presence here, which is all about protection. So he sends messengers ahead to Esau just to test the waters. Yeah. Let's see... And he's thinking, surely it's been twenty years. Yeah. Surely, he will have forgotten by now. Um, I'll send messages ahead, and uh, you know, asking for 
may I find favour in your eyes. And I, I, the attitude of this of of the deceiver <laughs> writing to the brother that he hasn't seen yeah. for all these years, and he's and he writes, you know, uh, you know, this is from your humble servant Jacob. Yeah, that's right. I've been living with Uncle Laban. I've been blessed. I've got so yeah. much wealth. I, I I've sent these messengers. I hope to see you. You know, he's really. Groveling, you know, yeah, yeah. you know, in in these messages, and that test, you know, testing the waters to see what his brother's attitude is, and of course, the messengers come back, and they say, "We went to your brother Esau, and now he's coming to meet you with four hundred men." <laughs> okay, so this isn't this isn't like a an orchestra, or you know, this isn't a welcome party. This is, uh, you know, this is for, this is an army. He's coming to meet you with a small army, yeah. uh, so he's coming to wipe you out. So, so the point there. Straight away, that we we it's almost like we get a little bit of a catch up, but we'll get a bit more of it. But obviously, Esau's done really well for himself in Edom as well. Yeah. I mean, he's he's leading a team of four hundred men. Yeah, that's right. Towards him, and it's like, oh my goodness, you yeah. can see Jacob just go white, exactly <laughs> with fear, and and he, his immediate reaction. Well, it says in great fear and distress. Yeah, he divides up uh, his people into two groups. Uh, he sends them in separate directions. Like, let's minimise the damage. Yep. If they go after that group, they won't go after. I mean, this is he's 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 think he's thinking here. I'm done for. Yeah, he, he, this is it. I'm he, absolutely done for. Sends uh, gifts ahead yep. in two lots. Yep. You know, he's going to really see if he can uh, placate his his brother. But we but we get this prayer. We get this prayer and from Jacob, he, and and it's amazing that he has. You know, he he's, he knows that God is with him. He knows that God has blessed him. But it's still the way that he talks to God is so, so desperate, yeah. so separate. Well, this is his first recorded prayer, really. Yeah. This is the first, this is, he's absolutely desperate. Yeah. And so it says he prays, oh, God of my father, Abraham, God of my father, Isaac. There's this, um, this is the ancestral, the God yes. who promised, revealed himself to Abraham, blessed Abraham, blessed Isaac. He now is connected. This is actually his moment of connecting, really connecting with God mm. as, as you know, in this sense. Um, he, he was conscious of being blessed by God before, mm-hmm. but now he's actually, this is going to another level. It is. It is definitely progressing. We see a progression here because he has this great line there, in verse ten: "I am not worthy of all the unfailing yeah. love and faithfulness you have shown to That's me, right. your servant." He acknowledges that. He yeah. finally acknowledges it. He's saying, "Look, I'm coming back with you know, uh, you know, with all of this success, and uh, you promised me that I will treat you kindly. I will multiply your descendants." And he's echoing the promises yeah. of Abraham. He's yeah. like. I have been promised that as well. This is my promises now yeah. that I will have children as much as the sands of the seashore, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. And um, he yeah. uh, he then goes back to, after that impassioned plea, he then goes back to working out and dividing yeah. all the so things. He sends, he's gonna... That's when he sends the gifts yeah. uh, ahead. And, and then he waits. Yeah. And we get this very strange story. Uh, as he waits, he's pretty much on his own. Because he sent, every, he split up his the two groups. Yep. He sent servants ahead with gifts. Now he's, he's on his own. Yep. Finally, and he's and he's okay. left like he's he's buffered himself. Yeah. <laughs> he's put himself way back here. He yeah. sent everybody he's, ahead. He's the one. Yep. I mean, this is the point. He's the one that Esau is after. So yes. he isolates himself. Yeah. And and then we get this uh, very significant story. Oh. Uh, and it's significant because this is this is where his name is. 
this change of name comes yeah. from it actually comes from this. And this is in verse 22 of yeah. chapter 32 we get the story of jo- Jacob wrestling with God. Yeah, that's right. So Jake it says so Jacob was left alone and a, it simply says and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. And you think what? What? <laughs> what like what who who is this? Uh, and it says when the man could not overpower him he touched the socket of of Jacob's hip. Uh, so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, "Let me go for its daybreak." So, so Jacob's holding on to this man. I mean, this is a this is an almighty wrestling session. Mm. But Jacob replied, "I will not let you go until you bless me." So, I think he knows. Remember, there's the two camps. Yeah. There's the angelic camp. Yep. And there's we, we've seen that already. Yeah. The, the, so the scene has been set. Yep. So. He's conscious of the fact that one of these angels has come over. He knows that it's one of them. Yeah. And in this situation, they certainly do represent God, and he reflects that, uh, reflects on that later. So he, there's this sense, like the angel attacks him, and this is interesting. So why that? Why would it, it representing God, yeah. would he be attacked? Uh, well, this is, in a sense, this is justice. Like he, he, he's a bad guy, right? So he, this man is, this an angel comes and wrestles him, overpowers him. So that's important because mm. it, he's really, um, uh, you know, it's God overpowering him. This is kind of judgment at work here. And yet Jacob will not let go until he gets blessed. You know, curse is what he should have got. That's what he deserves. Yeah. But he says, I will not let you go. Unless you bless me, and the man says, "What is your name?" And this is a really interesting, uh, really interesting moment yeah. here. What is yeah. your name? Yeah. Now, why would he ask that? It's almost as, it's almost as God is asking, "Who are yeah, you?" Who, yeah. Who are you? Yeah, just let's remind, and this is about character. Yeah. Here, yeah. let's just be reminded of the. I will not let you go until you bless me. Yeah. Okay. Well, so who the, are you? If you want me to bless you, who are you? Yeah. Yeah. So, in a sense, it's like saying, "Bless." <laughs> You're the deceiver, yeah. you know, because the answer yeah. is my name is Jacob, and Jacob means deceiver. So the reminder here is, uh, you want me to bless you, uh, but you're the deceiver. You don't deserve that. Um, uh, and and then he says that man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Wow. <clears throat> now this. This becomes a very, very important moment because this is Israel gets its identity from what? From the fact that uh, Jacob wrestles this, is attacked, as it were, like judgment has come to him. And remember, this is in the context of the fact that judgment is on its way mm. in the form of Esau and 400 men. Like justice is on its way. Yeah. He's just about to get his just desserts, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's in this context that he's he wrestles with God. The angel says, what's your name? Deceiver, right? Well, this is why Esau's coming, because you're the deceiver. So you deserve this. uh, But because you have held on and not let go, your name, I'm going to change your name to Israel. And Israel is really means one who struggles with God. Um, Now, this is important because um, it really sets up the way in which we 
receive or appropriate God's blessing. It's through prayer. You know, it's like God is faithful, but it's through prayer that we actually access that faithfulness. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Mm. God has promised salvation, but it comes to whoever calls on the name of the Lord. So we take hold uh, of God. You know, Jesus expresses this idea when when he talks about the parable of the persistent widow and this this widow that, in a sense, in these terms, would not let go. She holds on, you know, Mm. and doesn't let go. That that kind of faith, and this is, in a sense, a picture of what faith is, this sense of I'm holding on to the God who has promised to bless me. Mm. Because remember... Uh, why would Jacob think that he should be blessed? Well, he has already, mm. and he's been, and God has already said to them, him, "I'm going to bless you." So he's been attacked. Uh, he's getting justice, but he's saying, "I really need that promised blessing right now. I could really do with that promised blessing because he judgment on, is coming to me." On the way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. so, so this is enormously significant because this is a watershed moment here, mm. where justice is is coming down upon him but God has made a promise of blessing and how how does the situation change it's by Jacob actually taking hold of God in faith yeah. and saying I need that blessing right here and the, and the killer yeah. for me is that last bit when, when he pronounces his name Israel and says, you've faced God of men and you've won. Then Jacob says, well, please tell me your name. Who are you? Yeah. And then then the man slash God yeah. slash angel, God's voice says, why do you want to know my name? And blesses yeah. him and goes. And that is, this speaks so much to me yeah. about the character and the personality of the God we serve. Yeah, It's not... It is it is so mysterious and so bewildering and requires faith that you know it's not like he it, it, there's something so beautiful mm. and crazy and deep about this entire the entire yeah. this process. We've seen it with Abraham. We've you know we we've experienced it with Abraham what God called Abraham mm. to do. We've seen the life of faith that Isaac had, and now we're experiencing it with Jacob that God, it's not well, yeah, it's not it's not it's mm. not as simple as ABC for you know to get close. Well, there. God, God, remember again we're in the context of the Pentateuch and in in the book of Exodus, the next book, God's going to appear to Moses and and He is going to reveal His name. Yeah, uh, but we're just we're not there. We're yeah. not quite there yet. Yeah. Now, I mean, why does Jacob ask that? Is he wondering which God? It, it may, I mean, well, he shouldn't. He should know which God it is. I mean, that, that there may be a bit of that going on, but it certainly anticipates the fact that more revelation is coming. Yes. But this right now is the most important thing. The Israel, the name Israel, yeah. comes from this: the one who takes hold of God, who, yeah. the, you know, the, those who struggle with God. Now, being steeped in the star, Psalms, I just see this, which is in the heart of the Bible. Yeah. The Psalms really exemplify what faith looks like. I mean, it's yeah. an enormously important book. Uh, it's enormously important because people in Old Testament times and even right through New Testament times, most of the scripture that they knew was from the Psalms. It's the most quoted from book, um, uh, probably alongside Isaiah in the New, New Testament. Mm. Um, so uh, 
So when you look at the Psalms, you see this constant process of people taking hold of God and not letting go. It's, it's, a, it's a picture of what it means to wrestle with God. Yeah. And that actually is the identity of God's people. It's not that we're worthy. It's not that we're, you know, because we were characterized, you know, like Jacob was characterized in the same way Satan is characterized. Mm. Mm. So we belong to that camp before. But because we have taken hold of God, We've been saved from that and brought over to a place of blessing. That's our identity. Uh, our identity is as a people who are a people of faith. This is uh, it's such a beautiful expression of that in this very strange story. But it's almost the stranger a story is sometimes, the more important it is. And that's the case with this one. G'day family, it's DJ here and thank you so much for all your support, your encouragement, your downloading of the episodes in 2019 and thank you for sticking with us as we uh, start 2020. Now, we say the same thing every week, head over to thrivetoday.net.au and you'll be able to get in contact with us. Now, we want you to get in contact with us at this start of the new year because we are sitting down and planning the roadmap of where we're going in 2020 and beyond. But we'd love your input. We would love to hear how we can serve you and your spiritual walk better. You know what we're all about. We're about you thriving, your spiritual life thriving as you get deeper in the Word of God. So in light of that, if there's anything that Matthew and myself and the team behind Thrive can do to help you in your walk, please let us know. What what do you want from the podcast? What can we be doing better to serve you? Please let us know. Head over to thrivetoday.net.au. We've got lots of different information there. We're always expanding what we've got on offer. And we've got some exciting plans for 2020. But as always, we'd love to hear from you. So as you begin 2020, as you begin this new year with so many exciting hopes and dreams... We hope that we can be part of all of that with you and your journey as you grow deeper in the Word and closer to our Father. All right, in light of that, let's get back into the episode this week. Get back into Genesis on Thrive Deeper.
Thrive Deeper, DJ Payne and Matthew Jacoby with you, your your guides, your your trekkers as we mm. trek through the Old Testament here, through this book of beginnings. And as we've just left, we're watching Jacob emerge out of this tent by himself. And I and I see a different Jacob. Not the Jacob mm. that went in, because out comes Israel. Out comes the man Israel. Yeah. He's got a new name. And not only that, he he looks like he's been beaten. He is limping out of there. His yeah. hip is dislodged, yeah. and he looks like he uh, he looks like he's been aged quite a bit because he has just wrestled yeah, with God all right. night long. Yeah. And judgment is coming. I mean, in the form of Esau, um, this is the context of this wrestling with God. Uh, judgment is on its way, um, and he wrestles with God and he holds on, and he's you know he. He contends for that blessing. God has promised to bless him, but he's now taken hold of that by of that yeah. taken hold of that by faith. So now Esau, I mean, you know, now Esau turns up. Yeah. And the amazing thing here is that he comes there with his uh with his four hundred men, and it says in verse four here, oh. uh, but Esau ran to meet Jacob and embraced him. He threw his arms around his neck and kissed him, and they wept. There's no doubt that that Esau was coming yeah. to to wipe him out and mm. and everything and every and everyone with him. Yeah. But there's this remarkable change now yeah. in his uh, in his attitude, and it's not just the gifts. I mean, the, you know, the gifts uh, would have pro- perhaps been the occasion for a ch- for a change of heart, but this this is a supernatural change of heart. Totally, God has done this, and that's very clear. Actually, I think that's the way that these bits sit together. It's very clear that God has done something amazing here. You 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 can't. I mean, as, as in a movie, like if you're watching this in the movie, this would be the ultimate M Night Shyamalan yeah. end, trick yeah. ending because Esau is running with the four hundred men. He's running. Jacob is running at him. And yeah, Jacob, yeah. you can just see Jacob knowing he's bowing. Yeah, he's bowing yeah. yeah. ready for the knife. Ready yeah. for the axe to come down, and you see Esau, his big brother, pick him up and just uh, just right. weeping on and, him. And the language that's used there, you know, he embraced him. He threw his arms around his neck. It mirrors that the uh, the angel coming out and wrestling with him. It's like you know, the angel takes hold of him, in in in, in and then there's a sense of judgment in that. But then he appeals to the promise and call, and calls on you know call, calls for the blessing, and. Now this is what he gets, and in a sense, Esau there sort of reflects that favor, you know, the favor of God. Mm. Uh, he's not being attacked here; he's being embraced. Mm. So this is a, a, an amazing change here. Yeah, and yeah. of course, the important thing is here that another covenant um, principle that is activated by this, because Esau has now blessed Jacob. Yes. Well, what is the covenant say, it says, those who bless you, I will bless. Yeah. So there's a happy ending here for Esau as well. Mm. Like we think, well, Esau got ripped off of yes. the blessing yeah. of the firstborn, right? But here he actually gets it back. Yes. Yeah. He actually gets that blessing back. Remember remember how he weeps when his father said, well, I've got nothing left for you. Yeah. I've got nothing to give you now because I've given it all to Jacob. To, to Jacob. But um Actually, this is the nature of that blessing mm. is that it's not contained in one life. It gets passed on and, mm. and it gets passed on here to Esau when he blesses 
and we uh, get Jacob. He's and we get the sense, and we get the sense very clearly that Esau is already blessed. Esau's like, no, 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 I don't need your gifts. I've been, yeah, I've been yeah. given plenty already. That's right, yeah. I've got, I've got plenty. But Jacob is persistent. No, take this, take this, take this. Yeah. Now there is some. My question to you here is: as they go on, Esau is wanting Jacob to come with him, and they're all going to go together. And Jacob, you can see, is very slyly saying, no, no, no. I'm, I, I, I've got young children here. We've got different things. You go ahead. I'll meet you later. And he's and he's got this sense of saying, you know, I, I don't want to. I don't want to come along. You know, I'll meet you later on at sea where yeah. you're going to go. And then you know, yeah. Esau's like, let me assign some of my best men yeah. to you. Jacob's like, no, no, no. I've been received warmly. We're at peace. That's all I need. Yeah. So Esau, Esau heads off, and Jacob doesn't end up meeting up with him. No, he doesn't. Which is interesting, but see, Jacob wants to go back to uh, his land where where his mother and father, are, where his grandmother and grandfather are buried, mm. um, and uh, he. So Jacob, Jacob goes to Succoth and, and, and eventually Bethel and, and and Shechem. So he goes back into the promised land. This is important that he's making this choice. He wants to go back into the promised land because where Esau is going is down. South, it's actually an, a mountainous area between, if if you if you're good with geography, the Gulf of Aqaba and the and the and the Dead Sea. It's actually in present day Jordan. Okay. Um. So it's there's a mountainous region there, and it's actually where there's a very famous archaeological site called Petra, um, and uh, Petra is became the most um, prominent city in that area of Sierra where where. Um, Esau went but initially uh, that was the area because the Edomites then come from Esau Esau's clan becomes the Edomites and they inhabit that area uh, now but that's kind of out of the you know that's to the east and there's this constant sense that the east is um, is kind of the land of lostness is a in a way I mean we we clearly see uh, a little further on when it talks about um, Esau's descendants that God is blessing Esau, but he's gone kind of to the southeast, whereas Jacob, and this again speaks to the destiny of God's people, Jacob wants to go back to the promised land because remember God had just previously promised that land to him. Yes. So he's actually... He's actually responding to that promise. That's why he doesn't go to Esau, yep. because God had previously said to him, "I'm going to give you this land." Um, and so he's got. Look, he could go with Esau. That might even be the safe thing. Yes, because Esau's got an army yes, and there's, there's yes. safety in yep. numbers, yep. and th- there are some promises there. So it's not. Uh, I mean, maybe he's also a little mistrustful here. Yeah. Yep. Because this is just a little bit too good to be true, and it's, it's it is all, true though, because God has done it. But yeah. he's probably thinking this is a little bit too good. I to also, be true. Th- I also think he's he might have learned his lesson with God blessing him and Laban, you know, the disgruntledness of the people around yeah. him. So he's looking to set up his own his own place. So he gets back to the land of Canaan. He goes to Shechem. He finds, uh, you know, a family buys land for 100 pieces of silver builds yep. a a a altar yep. to uh you know to god and he settles down builds a house and says right here we go i'm going to establish yep. myself here in the land of shechem yeah we get to 34 and we're going to finish with chapter 34 today yeah. this is yeah this is a weird one an insane story this is one of my uh favorite stories 
uh, growing up. Um, Seriously? Was, oh, Dina I'm, and the Shekamites. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, I love just the biggest Bible. Uh, yeah, as, as a young kid, I, it was never in any Bible story book. You don't get this one in oh, Sunday no, school. It's not, no. You don't get this one in Sunday school. But when I read it for myself as a young, as a, as a very young boy, I was enamoured with this story. I thought it was absolutely hilarious. To make a very long story short, this is the story of the sister Dinah. So this is yeah. Leah's youngest daughter Dinah yeah. and uh, Leah um, uh, Leah's daughter Dinah must take after you know her aunt Rachel and she's a beautiful woman yeah. you know in the line there and they're living in this place and the local prince, the son of Hamar the Hivite mm. seized her and raped her. But then he fell in love with her. Yeah. That is bizarre. Yeah. Maybe yeah. we're told that in the wrong order. Maybe yeah, he had yeah. fallen in love with her and, and, and taken her there. And he said, well, he to, decides he wants to marry her yeah. afterwards. So he goes. He wants to, to do. He wants to do. Now yeah, again, this, the these are these are godless people that they're living around. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so this is not a prescription of what is right. But he says to his says to his father, "Please get me this young woman. I'm in love with her. I want to marry her." They then um, uh, Jacob fans out about this. Uh, he he's trying to make peace and everything like that. He uh, you know he 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 makes some deals and everything and trade. deals and wants to do some different stuff there. Uh, please be kind to me and everything like that. But Jacob's sons were not happy about this at all. No. Right? They were indignant. This is Leah's, this is Dinah's yeah, older Jacob's brother. Jacob's kind of prepared to come yes. to the party, but the sons yes. are, are thinking, no way, no. they are going to get revenge. They're going to get revenge. This is like, you have done the wrong thing. Now, we, the only problem I have with this story is that Dinah sort of, we don't hear from her. You know, she's a, she's a bit of a quiet character mm. in this in this whole thing. But I get the sense that she, by her, by the fact that we don't hear from her, she must be in cahoots with her brothers. I, 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 yeah, I get, probably, I get that yeah. sense. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but Jacob is trying to wheel and deal, make peace with the people of the land. <laughs> Meanwhile, the brothers, especially the sons, the you know her, her, her immediately, you know, blood brothers, yeah. you know, the, the the sons of Leah, yeah. are indignant. You know, they yeah. are furious, and they come up with a scheme. With the with the men of Shechem, yeah. they're like, listen, you know, we're all about it too. We, you know, yes, my you know, with the daughter there, we understand the young man's position, but there's something that just separates you and you and us, and that's this, you know, circumcision business. Yeah. You, you you uncircumcised people, disgusting. Yeah, we we, we can't we can't uh, even associate like this, horrible. We can't even come to the party, but. If you're willing, you know, all the men in the village are willing to go through this ritual of circumcision. We could we could make something work. Yeah, which which they do. Which amazingly, these people <laughs> yeah. do. And and then when they're in in pain, uh, you know, three days later they come and attack them. And uh, not and just they attack them. The whole they, every they slaughter every male in this uh, in this town, and they carry everyone else off into slavery. Um, uh, and that's their revenge. I mean, yep. it's it's just overkill. Yeah. Uh, and if you read that and think, man, this is overkill. I mean, it was a terrible yeah. thing that was done, but this is... Like, this is unbelievable. They yeah. slaughtered every male, 
including, you know, the, 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 the Hamer and his son, the rapist, who wanted to marry and do the right thing. They grab Dinah and say, we're saving you. We're taking you back. Yeah. And they've killed every male and taken all the plunder, the flocks, the herds, yeah. the donkeys. They looted all the wealth, plundered the houses. Um, and Jake, and then Simeon and Levi, who have obviously the leaders of the pack who've cooked up the whole thing. Again, Levi, yeah. one of the one of the ones yeah. here. Jacob is devastated. <laughs> like you have ruined me. Yeah. You've made me stink among all the people of the land. Yep. The Canaanites, the Perizzites. We are so few, but they will join forces and crush us. Uh, we're going to be yeah. wiped up. So the the question is what what is the purpose of this story? What is yeah. the meaning? Of well, the of final line, the final line from J- from Simeon and Levi is, "Why would you let him treat our sister like a prostitute?" Yeah, yeah that's right. The de- so there's division. You can see division within yeah. the family already. So, so let's let's look for clues. And 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 I I think this is a difficult one. This story yeah. is a difficult one, and and there are. Slightly different interpretations, but we'll we'll look for some clues here. The first clue <coughs> to me is when uh, Hamor, this the, the king of this uh, of the Hivites, says, um, "You know, please give this girl to my son." And in verse nine, he says, "Intermarry with us, give us your daughters, and take our daughters for yourselves." Mm. Um, now, this kind of uh, evokes all of the prohibitions in the law of Moses against yep. intermarrying with the people of the land, the Hivites. But we haven't got those laws yet. No, we haven't got those laws, but remember, all of this is preemptive. Yes, okay. I'm, just, I'm just laying it out yeah, there yeah, so right. people know. Where we, we haven't are. got those laws yet, but uh, th- like, because I'm thinking this belongs to the Pentateuch, to this yes. body, yes. Okay, and it's being all read together, and this you know, red lights go on here for an ancient reader of this story. Intermarry with us. Give us your daughters. Take your daughters for themselves. So that's the first thing um, that they don't want to do that. But then the other thing, the other clear thing in this story is the, is the overkill uh, of uh, here. Now, um, uh, that's that's the kind of strange bit about this, and it's not justified by the text. Um, in fact, I think it's part of a general profile of the 12 tribes of Israel that is not a flattering profile. Mm. You know, this is, a, this is a, uh, an origin story, a story about the origins of Israel that isn't glorifying because most other origin stories in the ancient Near East, they glorified the people whose origins they were telling, okay? Mm. The interesting thing about Genesis is that it does the very opposite to yeah. that. It doesn't glorify their origins. It actually makes them look really bad. And even in the ancient world, this is overkill. There were ways of, even in those days, of making amends uh, here. This is why Jacob is so angry here, because this is not the way things are done. Certainly, in th- there were there were consequences in the law of Moses for rape. Yes. yes. And it wasn't slaughtering a whole village. No. Uh, so again, they've gone against the law here. I mean, it's like they they have um, they've done the right thing in that they're not willing to intermarry, and yet there's there's an overkill thing here as well. So it's not a flattering story, 
uh, and I think that's part of the point. Yeah, yeah, and there is a clear. I mean, we, I mean, we skipped over very quickly. We do get the the men of Shechem are very calculating here. They're they're really weighing it up because they present it to each other. They weigh it all together, and they say, "Listen, we can see." That there's great profit amongst these guys, this new yeah. this new tribe that has come on down. We do this, we circumcise ourselves. Though we will absorb them, and all of yeah. their wealth will become ours as well. Yeah. You know that's their plan. They want to amalgamate with these people, and not that it's justified what Simeon and Levi do and, and orchestrate here, but <clears throat> I don't know. I, I it, it does yeah. the, the the themes of intermarriage wrong. Is this is the this is a really yeah. big part see, of see, it? See, I, like I wonder too about this whether um, the last line that you mentioned, verse thirty-one, should we have treated our sister like a prostitute? I mean, um, prostitution is the way that is the metaphor that is used for the idolatry of Israel. You have prostituted yourselves yeah. to the nations among whom you are living. Okay, yeah. and um, and and so connect that picture with the bit about intermarriage. Yeah. Um, I think there's this sort of warning here. Uh, this is what, this is how the people of this land are going to treat you. Yeah. You know, this is how they're going to treat you. Now, is there also in their action, I wonder, is there also a kind of a preemption of the, uh, of the invasion of the land, which is a very harsh mm. measure, but is a... Um, is a kind of a one-off act of God's judgment. It's yep. like the flood, yep. but it's in the land. And uh, is this is this text perhaps preempting that? So there, you know, is it saying because it like it is kind of overkill? But is the overkill actually again preempting um, the invasion of the land? Is this like a pre-invasion maybe? Yeah. I get this. Look, I, I that do. raises more difficulties. Yes, but but does. I want to. But again, you know, a lot of those difficulties are caused by the fact that we, we don't live in the ancient world. Yeah. Invasion of you know, uh, even the preemptive invasion mm. was was a very common feature of the ancient world. And and it's like, oh, but God's getting mixed up, and all this looks like God's really getting his hands dirty. I mean, we'll talk about this when we get to Exodus, because after. The next thrive after Genesis is Exodus. That makes yeah. sense, uh, but we do two Old Testament uh, yeah. in, in a row. So, um, so I know this is difficult. We think God's getting His hands dirty here, but again, this is progressive revelation. I mean, the ancient world of God who does not defeat my enemies is just in. It's I can't. I don't get that. I'm, that it's not going to. Yeah, fit. it doesn't fit. Yeah, and this and this might this might and going back to that. You know, I still feel it today. I still feel it now at 47 years old. The same feeling I had when I was, whatever, 11 and reading this for the first time. The reason why I love this story was, A, it's an action story. Like for a kid, you know, it's like, whoa, this is huge. But there was something that this answered within me, and it still appeals to me, of this cry for justice. Yeah. This avenging. Yeah, it's why. Right. Yeah. It's why all the top. It's why that Liam Neeson, the actor, has a career because every film that he is, he's avenging his daughter. He's yeah. avenging his wife. He's avenging somebody that has been done wrong. It's that innate desire within me of justice that I want to see these two yeah. brothers, you know, even go against their father's rigmarole yeah. and take vengeance on their on these on these perpetrators against their sister. Yeah. There's something within me that really yeah. really. And and that's and 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 that is that's an aspect. And so I guess I'm a little, I'm a little unsure, um, 
I'm a little unsure. This is this part of this unflattering portrait of the twelve tribes of Israel. Definitely, definitely. Uh, I, like I think that's part of it, and, and there's a sense of uh, well, I, I, although I, I, it's difficult for me to see the two because I think there's a sense in which it's one or the other, or is it actually? I mean, I'd be interested to know what you think. Mm. Or is this actually saying that they did, in a way, that they did the right thing? It was like this preemptive invasion, act of judgment. I think it's probably the first thing. Yeah. But I'm just, I'm just interested in the way that this seems to. There's a few clues in the text here that, uh, you know, with the the reference to prostitution. the reference to intermarriage, the whole, which is all of the kind of justification that yeah. God gives for a preemptive strike in invading the land. Yeah, yeah. Is this a is this a pre is this? I reckon it's that? a little bit of both. Well, I think it's a, much more the former. I think this is an yeah. unflattering light. It's a it's a yeah. it's a warts and all you know portrait yeah. of what is actually going on. But I think this for the Jewish readers and for us, this is a really clear. Not not God's sanction. We don't see that God sanction is sanctioning any yeah. of this. No, no, that's right. He's, I mean, he, he's, I mean, he's absent. Absence, in this completely yes. absent from this narrative is is any mention to God. Exactly, to God. Yeah. exactly. So this is a really clear picture, a really clear picture, probably the first clear picture in, well, it is the first clear picture in the Bible, I think, if you correct me if I'm wrong, about intermarrying. Yeah. Of a people who aren't the chosen people saying we want to intermarry, let's combine our forces. Yeah. This and this horrific thing happens. Maybe it's meant to like trigger us in the future. As soon as we hear yeah. anything to do with intermarriage and coming together, yeah. we're meant to be shocked yeah, and go and go, yeah, Oh my goodness, good I remember what happened the first time this yeah. happened. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's a it's a book of patterns and foundations. I think this might be it setting is. off. There a are new... lots of clues here. It's <laughs> it's uh, there there are some things that remain unclear to me. But I I think there are some really solid options there. Yeah. So it's not just a random story. The presence <laughs> of all of those themes. Here yeah. Yeah. Is actually preempting some really major themes that are going to come in, um, uh, you know, Exodus and Joshua. Yeah, mm. yeah. Okay, well, that is it. We've wrapped up what we wanted to cover off in today. We're up to date with our readings, which is a great feeling as mm. we get through uh, the Thrive, uh, you know, daily readings there. All right, we're entering a brand new year, Matt. We've got, uh, we're still heading through Genesis for the mm. next, uh, you know, month or so. What, uh, you know, what do you want to keep us in, in mind? What are, Give us a mindset mm. that we can have, especially when you've been, you know, doing research and everything behind, this, behind the scenes about worldviews and everything like that. As we enter into this last part of Genesis in the last few weeks here of reading, what do we, what do we want to keep in mind? Well, through all of the mess, and this is what has just come so clear to me again as I've read these stories, so, they are messy, but through all of the mess... God is faithful. You think this is a tangled mess of humanity. And yet through that tangled mess, God doesn't cause the mess, but through that tangled mess, God brings about his perfect purpose. And that is so comforting to me because when I feel my life is chaos, when I feel that things are a mess, I can have confidence. I can take hold of God and say, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. I can take hold of God in the confidence that through all of the mess, God's perfect purpose will prevail. Oh boy, 
feel like I've been on some sort of crazy journey there with the uh, the sons of Jacob. Oh my goodness. Did I confess too much saying it was one of my favorite stories as a young man? I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm often, often confessing too much on these podcasts. But thank you so much for traveling with us as we go through this foundational book of Genesis. We're looking for patterns. We're looking for foundations about the way we think and relate to God in the rest of the word. So this is why it's so important. That's why we're so excited to be going through this book. Now, make sure that you're subscribed. We've got the new edition coming out very soon. As we get into Exodus from Genesis, make sure your subscription's up to date. But other than that, we will see you over at thrivetoday.net.au. Make sure you head over there, shoot your questions to us, get in contact with us, let us know how you're doing. Let us know how your New Year's going and how we can serve you better in 2020. We'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Thrive Deeper. Matthew and DJ would love to hear your questions and comments about what you are reading in God's Word and in Thrive. The easiest way to do that is to head over to thrivetoday.net.au. Thrive Deeper is on Facebook. Just search and like Thrive Today page for all our latest news. Until next week, our prayer is that this podcast will inspire you to read God's Word and thrive.